This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter. Visit enterpriseinspace.org. This is Walter Koenig, Chekhov from Star Trek, and you're listening to Trek FM. Risk is our business. It's like nothing we've dealt with before. My golly, Jim, I'm beginning to think I can cure a rainy day. I can't change the laws of physics. Welcome, everyone, to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated podcast that covers the original and new cast of Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. I am Ken Tripp. And I am Zach Moore, Nyota Upinda Uhura, a beautiful name that translates to Star of Freedom and Peace. Today, we will discuss the impact of the character and how Uhura has evolved from the past TV shows to the TOS movies to the present with the Kelvin Timeline reboots. Yeah, that's right, Zach. I, I have a big place in my heart for Nichelle Nichols in particular. What a handsome, dignified person she is and how dedicated she is to the fan base. In addition, I love what Zoe Zaldana has brought to the character and has increased her presence and dynamics in the new movies. I would be remiss to not to mention Kim Stinger in Star Trek Continues as well, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk to that later in the show, but I, I mention her because Nichelle Nichols had one of the kindest gestures towards her, and, and we'll talk about that. All right, well, you know, in the 1960s, this country was embroiled in the Vietnam War, civil unrest, fight for civil and equal rights. In the middle of all that was this obscure science fiction TV show that was depicting the long-term positive impact of those struggles. You know, The crew and the bridge of the Enterprise, it, w- it was visually depicting racial and gender equality with an African-American female officer in charge of communications. In the 1960s, there weren't women on Navy ships and women weren't allowed in the Naval Academy and African-Americans were forced into segregated bathrooms and bus seats and their opportunities were extremely limited. So uh, does that does that fact open your eyes to just how big a deal it was for Lieutenant Earth to be you know created on the primetime show and then put in an important position? It's amazing because I think we do lose sight of that. And I, I understand that there were different regions of the country and they had different mindsets, but it still was incredible for its time, and Nahura's character may not have been the star of the show. However, you cannot, you just simply cannot ignore what she represented. Yeah, there's been so many you know, stories over the years. We heard from Nichelle Nichols, Whoopi Goldberg, you know, about, about the just the, the impact of, of her mere presence on the bridge in a leadership role. You know, of course, she, she wasn't one of the big three, she wasn't one of the stars, but she was there almost every week sitting behind Kirk. Uh, and they trusted her to do her job, and she was treated like an equal and a professional with the rest, which which was a huge change from God, pretty much any person of color you'd see on television at the time. I know Bill Cosby was the star of I Spy. That was a, a very notable uh, role and significant one at the time. Uh, but really, other than that, you know, I, th- I think the quote, the famous quote from uh, Whoopi Goldberg is, you know, when she was a kid, she was watching Star Trek, and she, you know, yelled to her mom, like, there's a 
a black lady on the TV and she ain't no maid, you know, to paraphrase Whoopi Goldberg. And that, that was such a huge deal and huge inspiration for her. Like, you know, what? I could do that. Uh, and then here we are, you know, years later, and Whoopi Goldberg is just a, an award-winning personality, and everybody knows Whoopi, right? <laughs> Which, of course, she was in Star Trek, too, so the legacy continues, right? Yeah, that that's absolutely right. And, you know, I, I know that anybody who's a Star Trek fan and who has been to the conventions and goes and sees Nichelle Nichols that, you know, we, we've heard the the talk about Martin Luther King telling her to stay on the show when she had... Uh, second thoughts and wanted to be more involved and and you know it didn't even hit her exactly what she represented and how important that role was and and you know sometimes I see people in the audience or whatever like oh this story again well yeah that story again it's an important story it it means a lot and and that's why and I think you framed it up very well Zach when you're talking about the era in which she became known on TV and which represented. And and though she wasn't a big star and a huge presence in different plot points, she did have her moments. And the show was, I thought, pretty generous, as generous to her as it was for any of the other, you know, uh, B characters. I don't know what you call them. You know, uh, William Shatner would say, what, below the line characters? (laughs) Whatever you want to call them. But, you know, neither George or Walter, you know, other than than Jimmy Doohan, I think, in... You know, he was he probably had had more to do more often than the others. But other than the big three, they all kind of were in that those those supporting roles. I think that's probably the better way of putting it. And she did have um, plenty to do at times. And at other times she was hailing frequencies open. But still, um, when you when you talk to her face to face, when you sit down with such a gracious woman and, and get to see her go you just realize that there's something very special, not only about what she represented on Star Trek, but in her heart and in her character. She's just she's just a very, very special lady. Yeah, absolutely. She just has such a great attitude and is so just nice to everybody. I actually had the opportunity of meeting her back in 2011. She came to Houston for a, actually a, a space event. Uh, LeVar Burton came as well. He, didn't, he did not come on my talk show, so I did not get to meet him, but it's still... Still on my bucket list, you know, uh, Var Burton. I grew up with Var Burton watching him on Star Trek and reading Rainbow. So if anybody has seen, uh, you know, we mentioned in the last episode how uh, Community is one of my favorite uh, sitcoms. And uh, uh, the character of, uh, you know, the rapper Childish Gambino, right? We all know him. But anyway, he's uh, he plays the character short and he idolizes LeVar Burton. He always wants to meet him. And he finally gets to meet him. And then he, like, freaks out, and he's like, I just wanted a picture. You can't disappoint a picture. And it's just so funny to see, like, because, you know, you worry sometimes about meeting your these the celebrities, right, the, these role models you've grown up with and idolized and, you know, have been part of your life, <laughs> your entire life. And, you know, it's, it's so strange the way we attach ourselves to, you know, fictional characters and then, and then the fictional representation of stars in Hollywood and stuff like that. So, you know, we, we truly do put them on various pedestals and that's, you can't help but do that when you, when, when you respect somebody's work and you, and you feel like you know them, even though you really don't, you know? So when you meet people, it's always, because, you know, I've, I've worked in the industry and, and I, you know, I've met various stars and, and people that I've, you know, been fans of in the past. And, and I'm so happy to say when I met Nichelle Nichols, it was like, she was so nice and so gracious. And I actually talked to her pretty much the majority of the show because they had her in this, in this like internet corner that we had and she was answering questions that people would 
uh, you know, send in online. I, as I'm running camera, I got to stand there and, and like talk to her the whole time, pretty much. And I was like, oh, it's Sahura's right here, so cool. And I got to take a picture with her, and I'll post that online. I, I love posting anything, anytime anything comes up in the show. Nichols, I'm like, hey, I got to meet her this time. She was awesome. You know, I, I, I take the opportunity to share that, not just to be like, hey, look at me, guys, aren't I cool? I got to meet Lieutenant Uhura. Also, just I like, I want to tell people like how awesome she is. In, in real life, you know, because that's that, you you never know what you're going to get when you meet a celebrity. And, and you can see how she's involved in all these, you know, charity events and, you know, progressive events for women. And, you know, that is she she really understands her importance uh, in the greater, you know, just mythology of, of entertainment, you know, based off her role on Star Trek. And she takes it and she uses it and uh, for, for good. And, that, and that's great. And that's what you know, that's what Star Trek is really all about. Yeah, that that's true, and and she, you know, having met her a few times at different conventions, and have waited in long lines to get her autograph. Me and my daughter one time about five six years ago down in in Memphis, Tennessee. I'll tell you, the line went forever, and by the time we got there, you could tell that you know she, her her hand was hurting. They had stopped personalizations, and I I just looked at her. I said, you know, you are such a warrior for doing this. And she reached out and grabbed my hand and just said, well, thank you for saying that. You know, very, very genuine. So one thing Nichelle Nichols is not is a diva. Hmm. She's very grounded. She appreciates that um, that she has a an important legacy in, in the entertainment industry. You know, it might have been a small role, but it was a big deal. And I think that's... Uh, that's not lost on her, and it's not lost on us either. Especially some of those that, uh, you know, have been around a little bit longer than <clears throat> reading Rainbow. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just what what kind of an impact she has, and you know, as time went on, and she, you know, in the in the seventies when Star Trek was off, and she was doing the animated series. God bless her. I think she did pretty much all of the voices on the animated series for women. I think it was split between her and Majel Barrett. And, uh, you know, she, she, um, you could tell it was her no matter what the roles Oh man. And the, uh, (laughs) and they're in the recent Saturday morning Shrek episode where they talk about the time trap, uh, Aaron and Tristan. Oh, that was beautiful. Tristan does a hilarious impression of, of Nichelle putting on a voice to, you know, be like an alien. And it's, I'm not even going to attempt to replicate oh, no. it now but everybody please go listen to it i don't remember what number it is but it's <laughs> it's one of the most recent episodes of saturday morning trek and they're talking about the time trap and they're just <laughs> kind of just poking fun of the fact that yeah we recycled a lot of voices on this show and of course we have the in the lorelei signal uhura gets to take command of the ship which we never got to see on on the original series so that, that's a big deal and yes we joke about her doing all the voices but you know she she's a talented vocalist i mean she's a singer and and they understood that and then you know in the early days of the original series you know she's a talented entertainer and they're like you know we need to find a way to use her on this show so that's why in the early early episodes you, you see her singing a little more that 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 phases out as, as time goes on and the, and the focus became less on the whole crew and more on the big three as the series evolved because they found what worked and they say you know what this this formula works kirk spock mccoy let's stick with that you know, uh, and then we, I guess uh, the next time we got to hear her sing after the original series was what? Star Trek V, Ken? Your favorite Star Trek movie. You went there. You went there. So before we get that far down the road, <laughs> as soon as you started saying singing, I said, yeah, she did it one more time. But before that, in the 70s, outside of Star Trek, you know, she was recruited herself by NASA to recruit minority astronauts and pull people into the program. And she put very, I guess, direct 
requirements. If she was going to do this, essentially was she was saying, if I'm going to put my name to this, I'm just not going to be your spokesperson. You're going to have to deliver, right? She wasn't timid about that at all, and they delivered. And it's pretty exciting to see, you know, the, the accomplishments or the fruit of her endeavors to work with NASA to pull in. Again, it just shows you that that impact that Star Trek had. So many people went into different, I guess, livelihoods because of that show or chase down certain technologies because of that show. But even more importantly, change society. Yeah, even the recent film Hidden Figures shows a lot about that. It's about the untold story you know, of African-American women helping out NASA in the early space race days. I mean, I, that's a story I had no concept of. Nichelle Nichols said... You know, mentioned it a little bit when we were at Star Trek Las Vegas, actually, Ken. That's that's the first when she was at her panels there. She was talking about. It. I was like, oh, that's an interesting story. Uh, and then and then here comes this movie. It's been very popular and just came out recently. And I recommend everybody see it. It's getting some great accolades as well. I mean, I, li- I live down the street from NASA, and I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea that was a story. So still bringing awareness to things that were unbeknownst to the general public, unless you were really really plugged in to uh, NASA and civil rights history, you would not be aware of these stories and her involvement in them. So absolutely. And it's just so great. She's a great custodian of this part of Uhura, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. And, you know, as, as time went on and she, she became, I guess, better known in the, in the original series movies and in, in the eighties and up through 91, you know, you, we all got to kind of age and grow up with her and she was always uh, solid, performed very, very well. And I thought that, um, you know, it wasn't really until Star Trek Four where you really got to see her acting chops a little bit and be a little bit more engaged and involved in the in the plot lines. And she did a great job. I mean, she was always a trooper. You would you would hear Koenig and you would hear Takei comment on whether or not they felt their roles were big enough and, you know, so forth from movie to movie. I never heard a peep out of Nichelle. I think she she took on whatever they asked her to do. She never complained about how big or how small, and just and just drove. You know, just kept driving, until you know that uh, that moment in Star Trek V, which you know she. <laughs> I think a lot of people are like, "What is going on here uh, with with the, uh, the the feather fan dance?" But you know, she had no problem with it. She 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 took it. She said, you know, uh, I remember reading some interviews with her at the time and didn't bother her at all she just she she enjoyed the opportunity to kind of get up there and sing and you know it was it was different that's for sure well much like how her and gracie whitney would have their you know competitions about how high can our skirts go right and the, and the mini skirts you know she found it a very empowering moment like hey look i'm a i'm a an older woman now but uh, i i still got it you know <laughs> so she took a lot of pride in that as she should so uh you know and you were mentioning the, her roles in the movies and as has been well established on this podcast, Star Trek Three is my favorite movie. Uhura kind of disappears from it for a while, but she does have the great scene with Mr. Adventure there in the transporter room. And that was kind of the, the first time, I think, in the films we got to really see her have some fun. And then, you know, and that gets expanded in four, and then, you know, five, it's its own thing. Uh, and then and then six as well. So, yeah, and, then, and you know, that's, that's the end. Of, of we see, you know, prime Uhura. We actually do not get to see her anymore. In, uh, she doesn't come, she's actually the only character that doesn't come back in some form or fashion in the 24th century because obviously you have Spock, McCoy, and Scotty showing up in the next generation. You have Kirk and Generations. You have 
uh, Chekhov in Generations, and then, of course, you have uh, Sulu in Voyager and Flashback. And so Uhura never showed up again. Now, they had they had planned to have, you know, originally conceived Uhura was going to have a scene in Flashback with Sulu over the view screen, but Nichelle Nichols wanted to, you know, physically appear, or not just be, you know, uh, a face on a screen. And I, and I see your point. You know, if they're going to go to the trouble of showing Uhura, uh, she would like to have, you know, something more to do than just, you know, a video call, a Skype call, you know, <laughs> uh, of its day. Uh, although it just wouldn't have fit in with the story before, uh, for Star Trek six, you know, the Excelsior and the Enterprise, where they're going to meet up and beam over. That just wasn't, they, they could not fit in the plot of, of the framework set up by Star Trek six. Of course, I'm going to throw some shade at Voyager. They killed off, uh, Dimitri is his name, right? The guy, uh, the helmsman, I think from the Excelsior. You know what I'm they talking did. about, Ken? So they, yes, they, I do. they killed him off in the episode flashback, um, and then he, he, he shows up at the end of Star Trek VI, not dead. So that, you know, if they really wanted to, they could have found a way to, to fit Nichelle Nichols in there. Continuity be damned, right? That's funny, yeah. <laughs> Slight oversight. Any chance I can throw some shade to Voyager. No, I'm just kidding, guys. We love you to the journey. To the journey! Here we go. They don't do that anymore. Oh yeah, you're no, right. No, they don't do that anymore. But they 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 certainly have taken ownership of it and doing a great job. What I would say is that uh, I did see Nichelle Nichols. She came back in the uh, fan film of Gods and Men, and she played a very strong role in that movie. It was, um, you know, you can find it on YouTube, and uh, it it she did wonderful. I mean, she she was a captain. She was in charge, I think, of all Starfleet communications. But she had. Um, been with Ston? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, she had married yeah. Ston, the actual married actor Stan, whose the name escapes me at the moment. But yeah, that, that was a. They brought back many, many Star Trek veterans for that. I, I believe it was directed by Tim Russ. Is that correct? It was. It was directed so by Tim Russ. So obviously he directed it. He returned as Tuvok. Uh, Nichelle Nichols, Walter Koenig, uh, Alan Ruck. L- Ruck. <laughs> yep. Alan Ruck. I, I get him and Alan, Alan Tudyk from Firefly confused, just their last names. But anyway, John, goofy genre guys. <laughs> so yeah, he, he returned yeah. as, as Captain Harriman uh, with, a, with a goatee. And then, of course, you know, the actor played Stan. And then various other, J.J. Hertzler was there, Garrett Wong. They were not playing their, their characters the way the, the those guys were. But uh, just lots of Star Trek veterans appeared in, in, in Of Gods and Men. And just, it was a very ambitious yeah, project Chase, for a fan yeah, project. Chase, Chase Masterson was in there. It mm-hmm. was, it really was a very ambitious film. It was, it was kind of fun to watch to see all these folks. And then, you know, both, both Charlie X and, uh, <laughs> and uh, what was his name from, from where no one has gone before? Gary He's Mitchell. Back. Gary Mitchell. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was an interesting plot line. Uh, it was a, I mean, I thought they made a hell of a run at it for extraordinarily limited budget. Well, and it was for the 40th anniversary, because at the time, you know, that that was a dark time in Star Trek history. It was the fallow years, as uh, Larry Nemechek calls them, because there was, Enterprise was canceled, and we didn't know if that was it for Star Trek, right? There was no movies in That's development, right. and, you know, so the fans and, you know, and the veterans, and all credit to Tim Russ. Tim Russ is really involved. I mean, he's done Star Trek Renegades as well. So uh, he, he r- really is involved with, you know, keeping keeping the torch alive for Star Trek in the dark times. And, uh, you know, they put this together to celebrate the legacy of Star Trek for its 48th anniversary. And, and that was great because that was that was one of the only things we got in, in that gap after Enterprise and before the Kelvin timeline. That's right. That's right. So it was in. And like I said, Nichelle Nichols was really the star of that. Uh, for she, she had a huge role in that and, and really pulled it off well. I know she's in the new Renegades movie 
I, I know it's not Star Trek related anymore, or so they say it isn't. I'm not exactly sure how it's being done, but I think that comes out in, a, in another month. And, and God bless her. I mean, I know she's, she's tough. I mean, she's had a stroke. Uh, she's pulled it together. She's fought through it. She's still going to these conventions. And man, oh man, it's, it's been uh, quite a ride for Nichelle. And, you know, she's one of the people you cheer for because you just can't help but love her. And if anybody doesn't, um, we'll, we'll pay a visit. And we'll have a chat. If you have a problem with Sean, with Sean Nichols, you have a problem with yourself. So <laughs> That's right. That's right. But when we talk about, you know, the impact that she's had on other actresses, and you mentioned Whoopi Goldberg and, and what a big deal it is and how, you know, irony being what it is that Whoopi winds up on the, the TNG, you know, she also had a pretty good amount of impact on Zoe Zeldana. And, and Zoe Zeldana has mentioned that uh, a few times. And, you know, she. I thought when when they were taking when they were coming out with the new movie and they started production in two thousand and seven, Michelle Nichols stepped in very quickly and said, "I hope she takes this character anywhere she wants it." Right? She was very gracious and said, "I would let Zoe pick my brains as much as she needs to about the character." And they became very good friends. Uh, it, it's there's there's a few articles out there and so, and some great pictures of them at the Black Entertainment Awards and. Um, you know, uh, just makes you smile, see the two of them together. And then, you know, it was almost like a handing off of the baton from from Nichelle to Zoe. And boy, did Zoe really make that character her own. Oh, yeah. I mean, Zoe Saldana, talk about carrying the torch. I mean, she has she has become such a staple of genre fiction now. I mean, she's in the Avatar movies. I say movies because James Cameron has like four more, I believe. But uh, <laughs> so she was blue in that. Right? right, and 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 she's in Guardians of the Galaxy, part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. One of the unexpected breakout hits uh, as Gamora, so she's green in that, <laughs> you know. Right, right. <laughs> and of course, she's a her in Star Trek. So she she is across the board. Like if you would need, if you need a strong female actress in in a genre film or television show, Zoe Saldana is your go to person. And uh, yeah, I mean, she's just representing you know women and women of color in a very powerful way. Now. The Kelvin timeline has kind of repositioned things where, where the big three is really Kirk, Spock, and Uhura. Uh, I just, I, look, Star Trek is about representation. I mean, it's about many things, but representation is a huge pillar of it. And I think it's great that she got moved into a, a prominent role because let's not forget, not only was Nichelle Nichols a woman of color, but just a woman. She was the only woman in an all-boys club. But Zoe Saldana being one of the true leads of the, of the movie, she just gets so much... So much more meat to do, and it would have been great to see Nichelle Nichols get more to do in the old, because uh, she was talented, and she is talented, uh, and she could have handled it. You know, that just, that just wasn't where the writing was at the time. It was just such an accomplishment just to get her there, right, in a position of authority, uh, and then, you know, seeing every now and then. Uh, but but now, I mean, look, we're in this 2017, people, 21st century, so I'm, I'm so glad that they can they can tap into that untapped potential of the character that is Uhura, because Uhura in, in these movies, she, she's shown as, you know, she's a very intelligent language expert, very capable officer, and it, it and it's not just the fact she's Spock's girlfriend. That is just one angle they can to just incorporate her into the closer plot, just like all the other contrivances of, you know, Scotty uh, working on the planet that Spock and Kirk get, you know, ejected to. You know, just, just plot contrivances to bring the characters together as we know them. Uh, for in this new rebooted timeline, so I've I have no complaints about that really. No, I have no complaints either. But I will say that if we go backwards to forwards, so Nichelle Nichols as Uhura sent a benchmark, right? And then 
slowly through the late 60s, through the 70s, you know, you started seeing more women of action, right? You saw it in the Mod Squad. It wasn't lost in space where Mrs. Robinson was still on the spaceship doing the dishes, right? You saw the, the, the changes occur. And you saw, you know, Charlie's Angels. You see it more and more in the movies, you know, it, you know I, I think of Silence in the Lambs and Laura Croft and, and more and more women of action uh, taking it in. And now Zoe Zaldana, as Uhura, she's a character of action. She's just not sitting back. She doesn't need to be rescued. You know, she has one hell of a fight scene and beyond, right? She's taking on um, Idris Elba pretty well and, and knows how to fight, knows how to defend herself. Uh, Spock comes to rescue her, and she winds up rescuing him. What a great moment so they, that was, yeah. <laughs> that was, right? And, and, they, and they kind of turn it around, as it should be, right? As, as times have evolved, so has the character, and it's caught up. And that's where I think Zoe does an excellent job of taking this character to a place we never expected a horror to be in, right? Because they were both lovely, beautiful actresses, but they're not on screen because, you know, to be objectified. They're there to move the plot along, and they do it brilliantly. And um, I think Zoe, from what I've seen and what I've heard, has been nothing but classy about all of this. And, you know, it's it's kind of fun to watch. And I love just uh, when, we, when we were researching this show topic a little bit and kind of and kind of digging deeper, there's a lot of pictures of Nichelle and Zoe together. And like I said before, there was conversations with Nichelle about how her, how she and Zoe have become good friends, which is, which is kind of neat. And I don't know, maybe it's just the fanboy in me, but you like that, right? You like those kinds of stories. Why? I have no idea. It doesn't impact my life at all, <laughs> but it just kind of makes you smile a little bit to say, okay, these two people playing the same iconic character in two separate eras come together and they enjoy each other's company and and they get along and that's that's pretty cool to me. So I think that uh, Zoe has definitely, you know, carried um carried the character to the next level and has done a remarkable job and she is not, you know, a an actress to be trifled with. This 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 woman can truly act and has ability and you know, and you look like you said I would have to say that she's going to be the Harrison Ford of of female actors in in this decade because if you look back to Harrison Ford and a few others, they're all in like the top you know five or ten blockbuster hits. That's you a know, biggest. That's a great call. I mean, Harrison Ford in the eighties. Look at that run, right? He was in Star yeah. Wars, Indiana Jones, Blade Runner. I know Blade Runner was you know didn't have as much success at the time, but it's become one of the most heralded sci fi classics. And they're making a sequel of it. <laughs> That's coming up that's soon. Right. So right. I mean, yeah, I mean everywhere, right? And yeah, that's a great call on her being the the female equivalent to modern day Harrison Ford. Yeah, she's she's raking. All those movies are making ridiculous money. I mean, even uh, you know all three Star Treks have made a tremendous amount of money. I know Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy's done very well. Of course, she was in the all time right. Isn't um, uh, isn't isn't Avatar number one or two? All oh, time, yeah. Avatar is the number one movie of all time. Yes. So there you go. So so anything that she kind of touches, she's got an eye for it, and she she plays obviously the most, if not the most important role in a lot of these films. So good for Zoe. You know, I mean, it's just like yeah, all right, and she's she's part of Star Trek, and that that's kind of neat too because of you know she might get third billing behind Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto, but there is no doubt she is the biggest star hands down the biggest star in 2009 you never you didn't know who was going to be 
the you know the breakout stars of Star Trek, right? Uh, I mean, I think to me personally, the one I knew, I knew the one I knew best was Zachary Quinto as Spock, you know, because he was in Heroes as uh, the main villain there, and and of course him and Leonard Nimoy developed a a deep relationship as well, like truly became really close friends over the course of the, like them because their characters interacted actually were on screen together, you know, it only makes sense that that they would have the most interaction, the most time, because uh, Leonard Nimoy was featured in these films. And you know, that's like you're right, Ken. There's just something about that. We're like, yeah, man, that that's cool. That that, that gives you that that extra extra sense of like enjoyment, and and it, it kind of helps you overlook other like because we're 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 a nitpicky lot of Star Trek fans. But any kind of extra little element like that can make you like, oh, it's fine because you know Spock and Spock and Spock are friends. So I'm not I'm not gonna be so annoyed about that stupid cameo from Into Darkness because I'm just so glad Leonard Nimoy's back here talking to Zachary Quinto on screen. So little things <laughs> like that. But yeah, if you look at you know 2009, Zoe Saldana, she had a she she she'd been in, in in things like she wasn't an unknown. It wasn't her first role or anything. But after that, she just exploded. Uh, and yeah, I, I would say you know Chris Pine's working his way up there. I mean, he's got a lot of critical acclaim for Hell or High Water. He's entering into the superhero genre himself now with Wonder Woman coming out this year. But, you know, everybody is just so famous and so well-known and just is such a talented uh, group of actors who, who do such an excellent job. And, you know, and bringing it back around to Uhura, you know, it's uh, what she's gotten to do, what Zoe Saldana's iteration of her has gotten to do in the movies is, is, is great stuff and stuff that Nichelle Nichols herself, you know, wishes she had to do. Because I think, you know, to me, the, the best Uhura scene probably in any Star Trek is from Into Darkness, where she goes out and she talks Klingon to the Klingons, right? She's like, hey, you brought me here to talk Klingon, let me talk Klingon. She stands up to these very intimidating guys and speaks their language and just doesn't doesn't blink, doesn't miss a beat. You know, I know that's one thing Michelle Nichols really wished she got to do was show off her, you know, she's supposed to be a linguist, communications officer, really show off her skills. And that's, you know, in Star Trek Six, she has to use those books and it was all played for comedy. And she wasn't she wasn't too much of a fan of that. But she, you know, always a professional. She did it. Uh, but she she wished uh, I know Michelle Nichols had said that she wished she could just get on the, the intercom there and, and talk fluent Klingon to the Klingons. And that's what Zoe Solani got to do in, in End of Darkness. So just, you know, again, tapping into these these untapped potentials of the characters. And that, that's what's so great about revisiting these characters in this new timeline. Yeah, it is, and that's you know it's funny. Zoe Zeldana, if she's in a film, I want to see it. Right? I did see Columbiana once, and that's it. And that's good, but <laughs> it's done. I, uh, I remember. I remember that trailer was pretty insufferable. It's like never forget where you came from. I remember that. Trailer. Yeah, I, I mean, she kicked ass and took names, but it was a you know it was it was it was kind of a, a almost like transporter 2 or transporter 3 type of yeah here's a here's a really uh, attractive actress uh, actor uh, you know going out and, and kicking ass and taking names and she does a good job with it have you have you seen live by night no i haven't seen i live haven't by night. so i mean everybody love ben affleck's you know, one of the hottest names in hollywood right now uh, coming off much success with his last two films he directed, but this one, for whatever reason, it's it's fallen on. Uh, it's got some 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 uh, lukewarm to negative buzz, and I, I'm going to see it before it uh, leaves theaters. But of course, Zoe Saldana co-stars in it with Ben Affleck. That's why I'm bringing it up. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I heard know. it's too much. Yeah, I heard it was just too much of a talky picture that doesn't get a lot of play. You know, th- those gangster movies can be really hit or miss depending can. Uh, it, it sounded and it looked like an interesting movie, but I don't know if it came out in the middle of 
you know, too much Star Wars and everything else and just kind of got lost and it, it just didn't have that pull. But Well, January is a tough month for anything to kind of separate itself from the crowd. So I don't know if release date, you know, want, you know it's from Warner Brothers, right? And Warner Brothers, they, 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 they're, they, they've made some questionable decisions <laughs> in recent times with all these DC movies. So, so we'll see, uh, you know, because Affleck's all tied into those as well. So I, I don't know what, what roles those played. If this was, you know, this is a real passion project for Affleck. So it, it's, it's a shame to see it not really succeed because he he you know he he had just he could do no wrong there for a few years you know which is great because i you know i've always liked ben affleck and you know he gets a for whatever reason people seem to not like him i mean they announced he was cast as batman people were all you know rights in the streets and i'm like ben affleck be perfect batman and he is i think he's the iconic batman so anyway so i i support everything ben affleck does and i'm definitely gonna go see live by night for it leaves theaters but uh anyway it's interesting the uh the the like you said, it's it's this timeline. Maybe it'll be another Blade Runner or something that'll catch on cult-wise. I it, but even the reviews weren't that great, so well, we'll see where it goes. But yeah, so one 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 other actress that I really want to talk about is Kim Stinger, and Kim plays Uhura on Star Trek Continues, and she does a great job. I mean, an absolutely phenomenal job as Uhura. She's kind of like in the middle. She's She's not quite, uh, the character isn't pushed to the level that Zoe Zaldana takes it, but it's definitely more engaged, involved in things than uh, when Nichelle Nichols played, played the role. And I think that she is extraordinarily talented. And I had the opportunity to, to talk with her for a half an hour. So I, um, I had donated uh, to, to Star Trek Continues or whatever they call that, the... Um, Indigo or whatever it is, one of those things, right? Only um, Indiegogo or the Kickstarter, perhaps. Yeah, one of those things. I, I don't really remember. I don't do that too often, you know. Other than um, right here on on our network, I, I don't donate much. Um, I have problems with it, but I really do like Star Trek Continues. And one of the perks was if you donated a certain much, you could a certain amount, you could you could sit down and talk with her. And I said, oh, what the heck? You know, I I, I find her to be. Uh, very engaging, and um, and the other thing was when I donated, no one else had chosen that perk. I would be the only one, nice. so I did it. And very quickly thereafter, within a week or two, uh, I get an, uh, a note, a text from from Kim, and saying, "Hey, how about this day? We'll do FaceTime for a half an hour." It was on a Sunday afternoon, and you know, we started talking, and and I think she was very surprised that I was less interested in how she got involved with Star Trek, but more interested in how her career evolved, and and, and where she went to school, and we just had a great, engaging conversation. I got to learn a lot about her, and I thought, you know, this is a a very talented, very well-educated person, and, you know, does this as a hobby. You know, on the outside, she does a lot of marketing material, uh, for for big movie launches, that's that's what she does in Hollywood, and she started her career as a um, as a communications major and a writer and in English and, and graphics and all that stuff, and you know she just had kind of this um, a very intriguing, I guess, journey from Georgia, where she was from, to uh, to Hollywood, and in the midst of that conversation, I was mentioning to her. You know what my daughter's interests were. It's very similar, or whatever. And she gave me all kinds of advice as far as where she could intern and go. And I gave that all to my daughter, and she's taken it and run with it. So, you know that that's kind of a nice thing. But the nice story was she told me is that she was at a Star Trek convention, and Nichelle Nichols was there, and she idolized Nichelle, and she finally got a chance, you know, to to talk to her and said, 
oh, Nichelle, I can't wait. I have been looking so forward to meeting you. And she says, I know it sounds silly, but I really want your autograph. And she said, oh, no, no, honey. You're not getting my autograph unless I can get yours. Aww. I thought, hey, you know what? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Right? And it, and it just kind of shows, uh, again, the class of Nichelle Nichols, but also for Kim as well and the way she approached it because, you know, she's, she's taken on an iconic role. And what, they have 10 episodes or something like that done now? They're, they're sitting and, at seven right now. Yeah. Seven, oh, they're trying to get to 10. That's right. So they wanted to do 10. So at any rate. Um, but she, yeah, yeah, she's so great. Just, and she, I mean, she sings as well. She's a talented uh, vocal artist. You know, I mean, they, they really feature her in the first episode. That's what I was, you know, I love Star Trek Continues as well, Ken. And, you know, in the first episode of Pilgrim of Eternity, uh, her is very heavily featured. And, you know, we got a scene in the rec room with her singing. And the, there's a whole right. time with Apollo and her and music. And I was like, that is so clever. That is so clever that they tied that together and just played to the strengths of their of their cast, you know. And uh, she did a great job. Yeah, she did. And and like I said, I'm I'm a big fan of her now because of getting to know her a little bit more. And I saw a half an hour discussion. What is that? Well, you know, you can tell pretty quick. And in your line of work, Zach, I'm sure too. You instantly see who who the divas are, and I mean that for male actors as much as female. Oh, yeah. actors. No, you're right. There's you're some right. there's some beauties out there, um, you know, and, and some of them exist in the Star Trek world, but very few. And I think that's what makes it unique is that they know a lot of these folks anyway, where their bread is buttered, right? There, where else can you be on a TV show that lasts for three seasons and then for fifty years, be loved, pulled in? Um, you know, uh, get in front of fans. You know, people love to see you. Thousands of people cheering for you. You know, think think of other shows that lasted uh, less than than three whole seasons and be a B plot character, and you've never heard from them again. <laughs> They're right. just gone. Well, not even so, them, but even the guest stars, right? I mean, we saw it at Star Trek yeah, Las Vegas firsthand. Like, hey, I was in one episode of Star Trek: The Original Series in 1967. So I'm gonna go to conventions for the rest of my life, and more power to them, right? More power to them. They figured they figured out how to work that. Well done. But uh, if there's an angle, there's an angle, yeah. right? We gotta, you know, I, 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 some of it was almost ridiculous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was one one actor I don't remember his name, and I'm not ever going to look it up, but. He played Spock in Star Trek Three. You know that non-talky role mm-hmm. where it's it's after the Pon Far, but before Spock gets older. <laughs> I, I believe he's actually featured on uh, one of the Blu-rays as well. If it's the same one I'm, I'm thinking of, I don't special know. features. But I was just like, yeah, okay. And then there were others that had more, I guess, impactful, iconic roles. But you know, hey, I I don't I don't um, I don't put anybody down for trying to to earn a living or make an extra buck here and there. It's it's hard out there, and it's I know in particular in Hollywood. Well, there's probably more opportunities today than there's ever been with all these different shows that are made, you know, on the Netflix and Amazon and Hulu's and, you know, I mean it's it's wide open now. You you've got all these cable channels now that are that are making their own shows. So there's there's probably like I said more opportunity. But for the amount of people that are trying to break into that net, to break into show business, I wonder as a percentage if it's really all that much more, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, you know the costs have gone down. It's tougher to earn a living in Hollywood because it's not a supply and demand issue like it used to be. And um, you know you you can you can find tons and tons of people that are waiting in line to get their break. So anyway, that's why I say what I say. I, I don't I don't discourage it. I just uh, I just also know that the um, the actors and so forth that take the fans for granted. And there are a few I just kind of always look with a squinty eye. But at any rate, um, 
yeah, that's that's uh, you know one thing you don't see too much of um, you know with with uh, with the actresses that that play Ahura, and I'll say all three of them, all three seem to be very class acts, very engaged, and and uh, just just a lot of fun to talk to and talk about. And I am really glad we did this show. Yeah, absolutely, Ken. We we both got to meet Michelle Nichols uh, in various capacities. Obviously, you got to talk to Kim Stinger. And, you know, it's one day Zoe Saldana is on the list, so <laughs> we'll get there as well. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she's she's too busy making movies to yeah, show up. She's too busy making incredible blockbusters every single year uh, to be on standard orbit. But anyway, and, and raising twins, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. She has kids as well. So good for her. And, you know, kind of tying in some of the last points you said, I, I, I you know, when I met Michelle Nichols, like I was like, so. Like when I heard she was going to be on the on the talk show every time, I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's Michelle Nichols!" This is me because this is the that's the first uh, at the time that was the first original series uh, cast member I ever got the, the the pleasure to meet in person, and so this is like this is, this is huge, man. And, and so I remember like because you know, I try to play it cool, you know, like you're saying, when, don't we all? Yeah, <laughs> like 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 you were saying though, when you engage any anyone really, if they're involved in a fandom and you engage them about something, it's not like directly related to the fandom you know they're like oh well you you recognize me as an actual person let's have a conversation instead of like uh, hello what's what excuse me what's your favorite episode you know i mean i <laughs> we all know the type we all know the type right we've all been to the conventions where they have the open mic and you're just waiting for something like that like oh come on man you know uh so you know i try to play it cool i'm like oh hello miss nichols i'm a huge star trek fan you know uh when i got a picture with you you know and then you know we got that and then i got to talk to her and i was just so delighted that she was just she lives up to her amazing reputation, right? And she does, and th- and that's just great to see. And like as you were saying, knowing knowing that like Nichelle Nichols and Zoe Saldana are cool, and that she had a great story with Kim Stinger, you know, just knowing that stuff makes you feel better. Just knowing that you meet these people and you're like, man, these are good people, you know that 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 helps you enjoy the entertainment even more. You know, every you, you gotta everybody, of course, you gotta separate real life from the entertainment as far as like what people. Or like in real life and how that colors you know their their work and their fiction i mean that's all true we're all we're all people and we cannot help but have these factors influence the way we interpret and assimilate stuff but at the same time you know uh, being having positive experiences and knowing positive stories about them outside of their work just elevates stuff even more and like michelle nichols like so much positive work has been done over the years with nasa with with women's progressive progressivism with you know the list goes on right you can look it out you know we don't if you're a structure fan you know <laughs> you know this stuff you don't need us to recite it all for you uh so i'm just i'm, I'm just so happy that michelle nichols stuck around with the show because she could have been just a footnote had she left the show she would have been it would have been that footnote the same way you know denise crosby left the next generation right it's like oh yeah she was there for you know a few episodes and then she was gone and like that's her whole story. But instead, she stayed and she just become a legend, right? A staple of Star Trek history and just has added just a whole richness to the entire franchise that uh, that I'm happy that we all got to experience and be a part of. Oh, I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. Thank you. Um, I, th- I think that uh, this is this is something that that needs to be done though more often, and that's. Let's show our appreciation. This is why we're an original series podcast, and we obviously touch on the reboots, which is is pretty cool. But, you know, the more we talk about Standard Orbit and the more that we dive into the foundational things that make Star Trek what it is, this is probably one of the most important pieces of that puzzle. It really is. And Nichelle Nichols, 
big, big, big part of that for obvious reasons. And then, as we say, the legend continues with the the, <laughs> the next two actresses that have really stepped up and done a wonderful job with the role. Absolutely. Well, the importance of Uhura is the only thing we're discussing this week here on Trek FM. Here's a quick look at some other things you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. Was the BBC wrong in doing this? Not under the auspices that this is a kid's show and showing it during, you know, uh, when, when kids would be watching. Because if you think about it, there's uh, 75 other episodes that they did show, some with some minor editing, which I think would have been appropriate. The 602 Club. I think they did a great job casting her, casting Melissa as Supergirl, because she has the right mixture of that Kansas Midwest meekish kind of personality, but you know what she's capable of. And I think that's a really nice analog to the way that Christopher Reeve played Clark. Stage 9, a podcast about the people who make Star Trek. He has worked with Robert Rodriguez. He was Rodriguez's cinematographer before Rodriguez started shooting his own movies, having worked with him on From Dusk Till Dawn. Not the TV show From Dusk Till Dawn, the original masterpiece. Maybe the best. That's always uh, where we go right off the rails right there. You're throwing in the word masterpiece right there. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So you can find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course you can always stream or download the MP3 file from our website at trek.fm and grab the RSS link as well. If you're an Apple user, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. That makes it easier for other listeners to find the show as they search iTunes and helps us increase our visibility for new listeners. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at trek.fm, you can always find us on trek.fm contact and look in the sidebar on the show page or you can go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm and please leave us a voice message. You can also contact us through Twitter at trekfm, facebook.com slash trekfm, and the Babel Conference. Type the Babel Conference, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, or go to our website at trek.fm and click discussion on the menu bar. So let me talk to you for a second about Patreon, Zach. Patreon is the program that Trek FM employs in order to get donations to keep the network coming to you commercial free. It is wonderful. Most of the hosts here on Trek FM are big contributors to Patreon and found our way onto the network through Patreon. So if you can uh, spare any money, uh, and we don't care what the denomination is, it really means a lot to us because there is a lot of content that we're putting up there, a lot of bandwidth, a lot of programming, a lot of equipment that we need. So please, if you can help us out, we'd appreciate it. And all you have to do is go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash track FM, and you can, you can click any donation you want. And we do have some incentives for you. So... For $15 a month, you get to join the Patrons Roundtable where you podcast. And, and, you know, again, that is where a lot of us started. It was on the Roundtable. I was on the very first one. I had a blast. And if you can contribute $25 or more per month, then you get associate producer credits for whatever show you like. And we love our associate producers. So please, 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 if you if you have the ability, it is more than appreciated. And speaking of our associate producers, thank you from the bottom of our hearts to Renee Roberts, Aaron Harvey, Nicholas Anastasio, and of course, Norman Lau. 
Thank you all for your support of Standard Orbit and Trek FM through Patreon. Now you can find Renee at Twitter at Emrys underscore 1701. You can find our buddy Aaron Harvey at Geek Filter. You can find Norman Lau at Starfighter 1701. And you can you can uh, interact with Nick and all of us on the Babel Conference, and that's that's where we find uh, Nick hanging out all the time. Yeah, and you can find me on the Babel Conference. I love to hang out there. And you can reach me through Facebook directly or via Twitter. My handle is at Boston SCPO. That stands for Senior Chief Petty Officer. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at MoronZach. That's M-O-O-R-E-O-N-Z-A-C-H. And I'm also the host of my own podcast called Always Hold On to Smallville, where we talk about each and every episode of that young Superman show from the early 2000s. And we're on Twitter at AlwaysMallville with one S. And also, I'm around the Babel Conference as well. It's always great to talk to you guys on there, making conversation about our shows, other shows, general Star Trek topics, anything really on there. So thanks for listening, everyone. And join us again next time here on Trek.fm for another episode of Standard Orbit.